All right, I think we can get going here, guys. It's time to kick it off. It's been a it's been a crazy time, but uh, I'm recording. I'm recording. I'm recording. I'm recording in multiple places today. I'll explain why, but I'm recording in multiple places. I got a I got a lot going on this week. I got a lot going on. Let's get into it. <laughs> I got to turn the fader up. <laughs> okay, here we go. You're listening to the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show. Hosted by Brandon Davenport, a.k.a. It's Brandon D. Wow. Another crazy week in Hedera land, but it feels like um, an even crazier week in like, the crypto industry. It's wild. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about quite a bit today. Um, geez, what do I have on my list here? I got a bunch of stuff going on. Did I did I do all the checks I'm supposed to do before I start the show? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, yeah, I mean, huge sh- shout out real quick first to uh, supporters of the show that, you know, give HBAR tips um, and all that kind of stuff. As many listening to the show know. Um, I've got new equipment, you know, I've got proper podcasting gear show sounds a lot better and it's actually much easier for me. I can put more time into doing the research and stuff. It's great. Um, and you know, I think that there's a lot of cool things I've planned for the show. Um, one thing last year on the show, people were talking about was video content and you know, they like short form video content. Um, and they were also like, you know, Brandon, we like, we like the podcast. We love the show. I think a lot of people, you know, do prefer the audio version. I mean, solo CSA on galaxy was like, you know, keep it audio, don't do video. But I think many more people than that, you know, like video, they'd like to see kind of like, you know, Hey, what are you looking at on your computer? And like, what stories are you reading? This and that. Um, so, and also like your webcam and stuff. So, I'm trying out, I'm trying out something today. I'm doing a test. I don't intend to publish it, but I'm actually recording like my, I have a second monitor set up. It's got all the things I'm going to be reviewing and looking at. Um, and then I've got like a little, uh, webcam thing down in the corner, just something simple. Hi, if you're watching this, which I'm not going to release, then here I am. Uh, I'm down in the corner here, but I want to start doing some more stuff like that. I am doing some testing. I'm listening to feedback from the show and yeah, I'm recording the full episode like as a video. I'll see what I'm going to do with it. I think maybe I'll put it a clip or something, you know, see how it goes. But, um, and you know, with that, hello from Ottawa, Canada, everyone. I already said my name. You already know who I am. It is, uh, January 10th, 2024. I've been, I've been doing the thing where like you, uh, you put the wrong date on stuff. I've already done that like a thousand times. This is episode 108 um, of the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show. This is titled, We Are So Back. I'm pretty bold with these titles. I mean, I throw some titles out for this show that like could really bite me in the ass um, <laughs> if things go differently. But luckily, this one I think is holding true, even though a rocky road. Um, I think we're all pretty stoked about the Bitcoin ETFs. I think we all feel pretty certain. But yesterday was, <laughs> you know, 
definitely interesting. Um, and yeah, so let's let's take a look at what we're going to be talking about today. I mean, of course, Bitcoin ETF stuff. Um, Skew X, which is a which is a finance play in the Hedera ecosystem, has been awarded like this this patent um, that involves Hedera, which is really important that I'm going to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about Davos uh, and Hedera going to Davos, what that all means. I know a lot of people were like comparing it to last year, you know, um, lots of interesting uh, posts from the community that I'll talk about, like kind of news and some different things, got some questions um, from the community. Uh, we're going to talk, a, you know, talk a little bit about Hashpack. Um, the saucer swap sent me a message um, just to a question that I had that I'll read out. Just kind of cool. I haven't read it yet. I wanted to kind of read it with everybody on the show. Um, Canon has a new camera that's leveraging a technology that leverages Hedera. It's very interesting. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff. H Suite, the new exchange that's online. Bunch of good stuff. I'm super stoked. It's been a big week. Um, and yeah, thanks for sharing. Thanks for subscribing, all that good stuff. Um, I really appreciate the support. If anyone's listening right now, or yeah, I mean, I see all you listening right now. Hello, I hope you all are, are doing well. Um, for everyone listening live right now, you know, give a quick share of the show, the more the merrier. Um, I mean, if you've got some news or anything like that, any breaking news or anything interesting I should talk about on the show, throw it in the comments on the spaces, like there's a little, uh, comment button at the bottom, right? Um, I'll bring people up. We'll chat. We'll figure out what's going on. We'll get through the stories, but, uh, um, you know, shout out also too to the people listening on YouTube and Spotify and Apple and all that stuff. Also, hashgraph.news, I bought that domain name, goes to the new website. There's a new website. It's got all the past episodes. It's got all the links you need, all that good stuff. Hashgraph.news. I can't believe I got that domain name. How sick is that? Um, so let's just like dive into it here. Um, one, of the, one of the first things I wanted to mention was it, that came across my timeline. Um, today was the marks the first tweet mentioning Bitcoin. So um, January 10th, 2009, at Halfin tweets, uh, Halfinny writes, running Bitcoin. So it was the first time it was mentioned. And it's so funny that supposedly the e the Bitcoin ETFs are, are going to be approved by the SEC today. So it's kind of interesting. Um, now, talking about the Bitcoin ETF stuff, we'll probably have to come back to it later in the show. It's obviously like an evolving story. No one really knows exactly what's going to happen. Um, although I think that the general consensus is these are going to be approved. It's just kind of like, you know, what does it like? How does this actually unfold? What is the actual reaction to it? Um, and basically just a quick catch up is like, um, you know, it, it's hard to kind of definitively say, here's what's going on with Bitcoin ETFs. What's what's easier is to just kind of give a quick um, catch up and just chat about, um, you know, what's going on. And it's weird. Now that I'm trying out this new thing, it's hard to remember to put what I'm doing on my on my screen so everyone can see it. Um, for people tuning in late, I'm just doing an experiment. Probably not going to release it. I'm recording this episode like on, you know, webcam and my computer screen and stuff. So just want to see how it goes. Maybe I don't know if I'll put it out, but um, so on the eighth, Gary Gensler, you know, chair of the SEC, you know, the big, the main guy, I think that has drawn, you know, large ire from the crypto community. He tweeted, um, 
on the 8th, uh, a thread, some things to keep in mind if you're considering investing in crypto assets and goes to like put out this thread um, of advice, which was interesting. Um, and then uh, I wanted to mention on that is like Nilmini Rubin, the head of policy for Hedera, I think said it best was in an article recently. She said, quote, we want policymakers to understand um, the richness of the technology um, so that any rules they want to put in place um, enable that technology to, to benefit customers. If they only think about it from addressing fraud that have been committed by bad players, they're not, they're going to potentially throw the baby out with the bathwater. We definitely don't want to see that happen. So it's like, it's this common trend of um, these, you know, these two sides battling that have been battling for a long time in the crypto industry of like, as this gains mass adoption, you know, regulation comes in and it's like, there's different approaches and the SEC has kind of been, you know, aggressive off the mark, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, you know, that's a great point. Now, $2.8 billion USDT was minted. Um, this was something else that I feel is kind of like loosely related to this, but on the 9th, so yesterday, there was like $2.8 billion USDT uh, minted from the tre uh, Tether Treasury, then deposited into exchanges. So um, some speculating that, uh, you know, what that could be, in relation to the Bitcoin ETFs, money moving. Um, then interestingly, the HBAR Foundation tweeted out, like just before the craziness kicked off yesterday, they tweeted out, the institutions are investing in the Bitcoin ETF. They already own, govern, and build on Hedera. Diversify today, Hedera.com. So, you know, very corporate tweet, but interesting that was posted like right before all the craziness popped off. Maybe good timing. I don't know. How many likes did that get? 515 likes. So good tweet or good post. Good stuff. Um, then there was the big kind of like kerfuffle, which was the SEC account got hacked. Like the SECX account. Um, no, I shouldn't say got hacked. I have that in my notes. I wrote that when it was happening. So it didn't get hacked. Basically what happened was... Um, what did I tweet? Oh yeah. I, I took a huge L yesterday too. Cause I, right as the approval happened, I was like super smart, super on the ball. I thought of a great meme to post the one of like the, well, I guess I can kind of just show you, let me go to my timeline. I don't even know why I care about this. I'm not even posting this video version, but I'm trying to commit to it. That's what me recording myself on video is all about for this episode. It's all about, um, preparing myself, training myself, even though I'm not going to post it, um, you know, it's all about understanding the flow. Uh, I posted this meme. It's like, you know, the FUD leaving my body. Now the ETFs approved literally like didn't age well. And it was only alive for like a minute. Um, but yeah, the SEC account got hacked. So what happened was um, the SEC tweeted out, Hey, you know, um, this ETF or these, these uh, ETFs have been approved. Um, and what that means is that it, it, here's a, you know, the screenshot or I'm talking to people like they're watching the video, but anyways, um, I'm learning guys. So they tweeted this out and there was like a graphic and everything. And they tweeted out, you know, the SEC grants approval for Bitcoin ETF listings, uh, you know, across exchanges and blah, blah, blah. So that's from the SEC account. And remember just recently the SEC uh, X account tweeted um, the only way 
to get trusted information about the SEC is the SEC account. So, and it's funny too, there's, there's this ongoing meme now of all of these previous posts that the SEC has made in relation to like protecting your assets and being secure and best practices. And so it's, it's kind of humorous, but anyways, that was tweeted out. People freaked out. There was like a graphic. So it, I, you know, it's fair to say many are speculating and I'd have to agree that this was like a scheduled post, you know, that, um, the person who obtained access to the account, um, basically kind of like got into the account. I think initially they tweeted out the, the ticker Bitcoin, um, then deleted it. And I guess there was a drafted tweet and then they posted the drafted tweet. That's kind of what, you know, has been, has been thrown out there. Um, then Gary Gensler tweets out, you know, Hey, the SEC account was, was, uh, as he says, compromised, um, an unauthorized tweet was posted. So no verbiage there to kind of indicate that things were hacked or breached or whatever. Um, but it was, it, it, it kind of got really interesting because, um, on the news, I think on like CNBC or Fox business or one of those, um, there was a, uh, a news host that was like, you know, X was hacked and the SEC account did X and Y and Z. And X ended up posting, you know, they did an internal investigation and the SEC just didn't have two-factor authentication configured. So um, someone got control of a number tied to the account and, you know, just like uh, got access to the account, started posting stuff. I mean, you got to turn two-factor authentication on. The SEC did a post, I think last year, about how important it is to have two-factor authentication. How are they going to keep your guy's money safe down there. Um, now where it starts to get really hilarious is, um, because of this, well, I, I shouldn't say hilarious. I mean, a lot of people lost a lot of money, um, <laughs> because of the sec, but basically when they tweeted that out, that initial approval, Bitcoin, of course, rocketed up. And then when it was announced that it was not true, then Bitcoin rocketed down. So people lost money, all that kind of stuff. But then it raised voices from, you know, lawyers and, and those on the legal side saying, well, the, the SEC is going to have to um, investigate itself over market manipulation. So there's now all of these different, um, you know, conversations around what's happened and how ridiculous it is. Like if you can think of the worst possible scenario to unfold for the SEC, um, with the Bitcoin ETF stuff, it's this, it's just insanity. So, um, today BlackRock cut its, uh, spot Bitcoin ETF fee to 0.25%. So that's pretty, you know, for, for you arguably a specialized, um, ETF with a, with a MER of like 0.25%. That's pretty good. So shout out. BlackRock. <laughs> um, also, the uh, Chicago Board Options Exchange, the largest U.S. options exchange, has approved some of the ETFs pending SEC approval. So, like, that's the thing here is all of the different things are moving in the right direction for approval. There's no kind of like major red flags happening in regards to these being approved. All that's really happened so far is just catastrophic um, public relations issues on the SEC side and potential legal issues. So I think many are kind of looking at this objectively and kind of going like, hey, you know, in the fight for proper regulation and, um, 
you know, less, uh, you know, the SEC being too overbearing on crypto. It's like, this is definitely the SEC losing a lot of footing. Um, so it's a, it's, it's going to be a rocky road to mass adoption, you know, but that's the latest on the Bitcoin ETF stuff. I'm going to keep an eye on kind of what's going on, um, on like the, uh, trending on X. Um, that's really kind of the best place to follow along with what's going on. I don't think anything has been approved yet, so we'll have to see. Maybe it'll happen on the show. Maybe it'll happen after. Purportedly, it's supposed to be happening today, but uh, honestly, who knows? Um, our next main story of the day is regarding SKUX. Um, this is really, really interesting because... Um, uh oh sorry i'm just getting a message um this is really interesting because this is involving patents and i think a lot of people in the hedera community are always very interested and very excited about um hashgraph or hedera or the technology being mentioned in patents um i think that it definitely legitimizes the technology i think that um other l1s are mentioned so often in patents i think that it also shows kind of a new level of adoption. And this one is from SKUX. Um, SKUX, a leader, and I'm just going to read a quick excerpt, excerpt from the top of the press release um, and the title. So basically, they've been approved um, a uh, U.S. patent uh, a, a, to empower merchant item level payment acceptance. Sorry, my microphone's kind of in my face here. So SKUX, a leader in digital instant payments, is pleased to announce that the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office has granted SKUX two patents. Um, number, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, 697, and then number, whatever, whatever, 435. They're like long patent numbers. You can just kind of say the last three digits um, in this context. Uh, for item level payments and processing technology. And the links for all this stuff will be up on hashgraph.news. So this is what's really interesting. So um, these two patents um, involving Hedera kind of broken down. What they mean is this is um, the 697 patent is about a new way to handle special offers and payments for specific items at stores. Imagine you have a coupon for a specific brand of cereal. Normally, the store compute the store's computer system has to talk to another system to check if the coupon is valid. But with this new technology, that check happens right at the store's cash register without needing to communicate with any outside system. This is really helpful in situations like the uh, the um, U.S. healthy benefits market, which is a big area where people buy specific health-related items. In 2023, this market was worth about $200 billion. So that's the first patent. And that definitely falls in the wheelhouse of what Hedera is all about. Um, and as we know, SKUX... Um, you know, is, is leveraging the Hedera technology um, to build these solutions. And then so the 435 patent refers to a technology that links special offers like coupons, gift cards, and similar items directly with a customer management system, so a CRM uh, or CMS. Uh, this means that when a company wants to give a special deal to their customers, they can do it more efficiently and track it in real time. It's like when you get a personalized coupon code or gift card from a store. This technology makes it easier to send these offers and understand how people use them, especially as useful for tracking rebates on customer goods, which are expected to become really popular by 2026 
with many rebates being given out as gift cards. So again, when we talk about kind of like the tokenization of payments, the tokenization of things, and then also like the new coupon standards and where things are kind of headed and also kind of like, you know, conversations around HCS 20 kind of come into play on this, which is like, Hey, there's this new kind of meta protocol on the consensus service. And you've got, you know, a project that's tracking, um, you know, the production of their hot sauce using it or something like that currently. And that's, you know, in this kind of like experimental phase, you know, it's like these types of technologies are permeating all throughout different industries. And we're, we're naturally going to reach a, a, you know, a point on the timeline where people start to be awarded patents for, for technologies that incorporate, you know, Hedera, Hashgraph, other blockchains, other L1s. It's always been happening. But I think for Hedera, it's like this new, this new wave. Cause we've been in this cycle of, you know, five or some odd years where, um, these, these enterprises have been building and building and building. And we've said, you know, it takes a long time. You got to be patient. Enterprise moves slow. Um, is this a sign of like, it also a little bit ties into some of the sentiment I've heard from people at Swirled and Hedera and the foundation, this and that of being very optimistic and excited about this year, especially the first half, yada, yada, yada. Is this a sign of things to come in the short term? Like, are we, you know, is there going to be a bit of a, um, a ramp up in these types of announcements or types of um, progress on different use cases, you know, when you get patents and stuff, that's great. Um, also too, like the press release says, you know, partnered with uh, Hedera Hashgraph, the multi-patented SKUX solution incorporates a one-way cryptographic signature, the end result of which provides a zero knowledge proof, further mitigating payment fraud. So that's another key component of this. And, you know, ZKPs, zero knowledge proofs have been like really top of mind for so many people um, in the ecosystem and especially with, uh, you know, a bunch of the different use cases on Hedera. So this is very interesting as well. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, a few quotes here. So these patents and several pending patents demonstrate, so right there, you know, they've got more patents coming, uh, demonstrates our commitment to developing digital payments, innovations, benefiting merchants and their value partners, said Guy Berg, senior vice president at SKU Pay Network. Merchants don't want to share basket information with third parties, and we're excited to provide a solution that eliminates that need and simultaneously lowers their acceptance costs. So again, it's what it's all about is like tokenizing, tracking these purchases, performing actions on those. Um, you've got coupons. You've got a lot of different elements baked into this. Then you've got the privacy aspect. You've got the desire to um, restrict the type of data shared in certain aspects. So all these different problems are being solved, implemented, patented now, it appears. And it's like, I feel there's so much infrastructure being built on Hedera that we don't even know about yet. But anyways, SKUX, we've talked about them a lot on the show. They've been doing a lot of things um, in the ecosystem at a high level. Good to see this kind of stuff. I want to talk now about our, uh, one of our you know other main stories is uh, Hedera at Davos. Um, watched, you know, quite a few things on this, read quite a few things on this, looked into quite a few things on this. And I think I got a pretty good idea of what Hedera Davos is going to be, um, all about. So if we go to, um, Hedera.com slash Davos 2024. So the website set up very similar to last year. They got an agenda. They got speakers. Um, and there's a few important pieces of information about this. So 
I think that off the top, when we talk about Davos 2024 and we're talking about, you know, the World Economic Forum, WEF and stuff like that, I think that it definitely is a polarizing topic. I think that a lot of people um, have strong opinions, you know, either way about it. And it definitely feels like, you know, the antithesis of what crypto is about. Now, the other side to it is, and I think where I land on it is, you know, I think that that's definitely a debate and this discussion that needs to be had. But the reality is, is in the current time where we're at now and wanting to see the success of the Hedera network, I think it's important for, you know, representatives from the governing council and Hedera and this and that to be at places like Davos and be with these people and, and have a seat at the table and, um, you know, help shape a lot of what's going to be happening. You know, um, I think that's really important. Uh, and I think that, you know, you can definitely, again, make the argument both sides, but I think that what we can all agree on is like, to, I think it's important that Hedera is involved in that, especially if they're going to be really heavy on ESG and um, carbon offset credits and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I talk about it on the show a lot, but um, that's just kind of where I land on it. I mean, um, I think, you know, the argument is truly valid that like, you know, WEF is like the, again, the antithesis of what crypto is all about. Um, but again, it's good to have, um, you know, Web3 L1 with such a strong presence and connections in that place, you know, giving influence, you know, it's a very, very bad proxy for, you know, regular people in the community to kind of like, um, be connected in that way, but it, it is one. So now, uh, there was a really great explanation kind of like that of, of what Davos was all about. Um, just because I think that, it, you know, last year was very exciting for a lot of people in the community, mostly because when Hedera was at Davos, there was like a pump in H bar. And, um, I think that the best way to explain Davos was, you know, I, uh, Max Walker Williams, who, by the way, did a great video published um, late, late yesterday um, with Zenobia and Christian, who are really, I feel kind of, and Claudio at, at Hedera, who's kind of like the head of marketing, really kind of spearheading this, breaking it down. Like, what does the hotel look like? Where is it? What's this all about? Uh, great video. I encourage everyone to go watch it. Max Walker Williams, shout out. Um, but I think that they explained it best where it's like, and, and, and when you read in between the lines, you can kind of see that maybe the, you know, values and mission and, and, and what have you of, um, of, you know, WEF and, and, and all that kind of stuff maybe doesn't mesh up exactly with everybody at Hedera, but they see the value and, and, and how they describe it is basically, you know, it's a shortcut and it's access. That's really what it is. It's really hard to get connected to the people at Davos and like who's at Davos um, there, it's like hundreds of executives from like fortune 500, it's government power brokers, it's key players, it's the people involved in the important decisions, right? So it's all those people and it's so hard to get a hold of those people. It can take six months, a year, a year and a half to get a hold of, you know, um, somebody high up at one of those big companies to start conversations about. So it's really, there's so much that goes into building those types of partnerships. Many of the people that attend Davos often say like they get more done in that week than they do in the first half of the year, or whatever it may be. And it's just because 
you just bump into people because you're there. It's like, you'll bump into the CEO of some like major corporation or this or that, or they might stumble upon you or have questions for you. So I think that's really what it comes down to is I think the angle Hader is coming at it from is like access shortcuts. Um, and they've said, you know, on the, uh, on, uh, an H bar foundation spaces that, that happened, I believe yesterday. That's great. People should listen to it again. Um, and I'm just, I highlight the Davos stuff because I mean, it's important. Like if, if H bar pumped because of it last year, it's important. And, you know, we should really chat about it. Um, their sole focus is filling the pipeline with people at Davos for, you know, the governing council and use cases. That's, I think they've really honed in on a focus. I think it's the most obvious. I think it's inevitable. It's like, if that's what they're going, if that's what it is, you know, a shortcut and access to certain people, then that's a good focus to have, I'd say. Um, and essentially the blurb on the Hedera website, um, up here is Hedera will have a continuous presence throughout the week at Steigenberger icon, uh, grand hotel Belvedere, um, probably butchered that I didn't butcher Belvedere. I, but I butchered the first word. Our activities at this esteemed hotel will include hosting a series of events at the main bar, as well as organizing private, uh, invite only dinners and lunches centered around, the topics of tokenization, demystifying digital asset management, and exploring how blockchain can effectively govern innovation. So, you know, they're setting out their mission there. And last year they learned, and when I say they, I, you know, I'm talking about, you know, Zenobia, Christian, Hedera, uh, Claudio, um, you know, they learned that Davos can be really noisy. So they needed, uh, you know, to be a little bit uh, louder. Oh. Justin JP Morgan CEO says Bitcoin is worthless again. So that's just Justin from the Watcher Guru Twitter account. Um, they yeah they learned that you know Davos is busy right. Davos is just a busy place. You got to be way louder. Um, and I think that the Hedera House. I think that what where I initially came into it, I was like, oh, they're going to a hotel. You know, um, last year seems like it was a little bit better. They had a whole you know building. They had a whole Hedera House. Now they're just at a hotel and the, the rationale was really interesting because at the Hedera house, they had like one meeting room. Um, and they, the, the, a lot of people kind of had to go to the Hedera house. Um, and I think that that was a bottleneck for Hedera, right? Um, I think they didn't have enough meeting space. That's the sense that I got. They didn't have enough space to do media. Um, it just, it, it wasn't the space for the event. And, you know, they say, you know, Davos is a really strange event. It really is. I mean, it just right off the top, it sounds really weird. Um, so this year they're focusing more on like a, tar a targeting audience, more curated events from speakers. Um, they want to focus less on giving hard pitches and more on the broad strokes. I can get behind that. Um, an event they're really focusing on like the CFOs and CIOs. It seems the people with in control of the money decisions. Um, I think that they want to broaden their views on crypto and get them comfortable with like the digital asset stuff. And I think Hedera is in a position to do that. I mean, their slogan for Davos is the blockchain for, or the, the public blockchain for business. Now, many in the, you know, Hedera community will be like, well, Hedera is not a blockchain. It's a hash graph, but it kind of goes to what, um, they, the, you know, they're mentioning is like, listen, Davos is noisy. And it's like, you have to be, have a snappy hook that people can connect with. And, you know, blockchain is a word that people can connect with. 
as of yet, hash graph is still kind of a word that people will get excited about. But if they see it, you know, walking down the street or driving or, you know, meandering around Davos, they're not going to, it's not going to jump out at them. So the blockchain, the public blockchain for business. Um, and the other interesting thing here too is like, like Lehman and like those other people, they're also going to be speaking about um, stuff at other panels at Davos. So it's not just going to be like Lehman and, and these other folks in the Hedera crowd speaking at, you know, the Hedera location or the Hedera events. They're going to be going out and um, speaking, you know, out at other events at Davos. And it kind of follows the theme where uh, they mentioned a bunch of governing council members are going out um, and basically they're, they're going out either in their own capacity, they're going out for their company, but they're kind of going to be playing multiple roles. So it's like, I get the sense too, that Hedera may have a larger footprint also through some of those governing council members and partnered organizations that are also going to be dispersed around, um, Davos, which is, which is interesting. Um, now the downside that they spoke to was they're not going to have a way to, to have a dedicated space to showcase use cases. So if people remember last year at Davos, Hedera had like, there was like a scarf, I think it was like an Hermes scarf that had the, uh, at my tracking demo on it. And it was really cool. And that, and this and that, I think like Max Walker Williams, um, you know, kind of like did a video about that. And this year they're not going to have that. I think they're going to have TVs, um, up and around kind of showcasing different aspects of the network. Um, I think you could definitely say that's a downside, but I can understand the audience. Like again, thinking about the audience at Davos and needing to kind of stand out and be loud. Um, you know, you kind of have to take a different approach. I think they're taking that network approach. Right. They, they want to, you know, as they said uh, in Max Walker Williams video, they said they want to create FOMO with compelling speakers. Right. And the speakers are, you know, they've got uh, folks from, uh, you know, of course, like Swirls Labs, but then they've got folks from Deloitte. Uh, and I mean, that's the largest professional services network by revenue. And, the uh, you know, it's one of the big four accounting firms. It's crazy. Um, they've got folks from uh, Amina Bank, one of the world's first crypto banks. Um, they've got. Um, a board member from uh, at Big Lots, which has 22,000 employees, a discount retail chain. Again, you start to think about use cases. Uh, a board member at PetMed, um, which is an online pharmacy based in the U.S. Um, they're going to have people from Equity Lab, Coinbase, the chief financial, financial officer from Coinbase, right? Talk about matching things up. If they're targeting CFOs, one of their speakers is the CFO for Coinbase. That's pretty great, right? At the Hedera location. Um, there's like some, some astronauts, space people, um, Brett McDowell, of course, is going to be the, the, the chair of the Hedera board. There's going to be other Hedera people there. Um, lots of people. And most interestingly too, Charles Atkins, the president of Hedera, um, will be there too. It's going to be really interesting to see kind of how he integrates into the, the vibe, like what, what, like how does he operate? It's going to be really interesting to see him kind of operate at that level, speak, those types of things really we've, you know, he was announced president. We had the holidays. It's been mostly just Twitter and some interviews. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to kind of see him in his element um, and kind of what he's doing. Um, and the other thing too, the last thing to mention on this too, is just like 
the location and kind of the strategy around this. Um, one of the things that stood out to me was Zenobia said, it's really hard to find kind of like food and drinks at Davos. It's like, um, you're, you're constantly trying to figure out like where you're going to get your next meal from. And so Zenobia was like, let's do it at the hotel bar at this hotel. That's literally across the street from like the hub of Davos. It's like the most premier location you can have. Um, everybody's going to be going to this bar. They're, they're making the name of the bar H bar. And so people are going to be just going to this central place. Um, and Hedera will be there with all of these kinds of people. And I don't know, I think it's going to be a really interesting approach. That's I think very, very different than last year. Um, so I think initially like looking at the announcements regarding Davos 2024, all those different types of things, um, you know, I think that my initial thought was, ah, oh, you know, this year is not going to be as big of a presence at Davos as it was last year. But now that I look at it closer, it's really more just different. And we're going to find out if it's bigger or not. Um, I think that my assumption is this is more geared towards the crowd. I think last year's Davos was more of a generic approach, right? Like that, the Hedera house was basically like the standard booth, but bigger and more robust, right? It was an area for meetings. It was some food. It was some TV. There was a TV. There was a thing. There was a thing, you know, standard event stuff. This, this shindig that Hedera is doing at Davos this year definitely feels more bespoke to the crowd, the location, the thinking behind it is, is really important. Like they mentioned, they're going to have signage on the hotel, big banners going down the side of this, you know, prime real estate hotel at Davos. And there's this queue of vehicles that have to line up to go through security checks. And they're just going to be staring at, you know, looking around at the scenery, the buildings, you know, and they're going to be looking around. They're going to be seeing, you know, Hedera, the block, the public blockchain for business and those different things. And so I think the branding presence is going to be big. Um, so yeah, honestly, after, and I got to give credit again to Max Walker Williams and, um, just, I want to encourage that kind of content in the community. Like it's great to kind of see the pitch deck or not the pitch deck, but like the deck of, you know, Zenobian Christian, here's what the event is. Here's all the details. Here's the hotel looks like all that kind of stuff. Similar to last year. I love that. I think it's good. It's good for everyone to know. Um, and also too, I think that, um, Red Swan, Hedera use case will be at Davos solo from galaxy will be at Davos. Um, and I don't know, just looking at the names, looking at what's happening. I just think that it's going to be a very interesting, um, thing to kind of, you know, watch unfold, you know, it's going to be wild. Uh, taking a sip of my diet Coke. Pluto, I see you down there. Shout out to you, Pluto. Thank you for tuning in all the time. But I am drinking Diet Coke. Um, now, I asked the community a question. Um, maybe I'll pin it to the top here. Uh, about HCS20. I tweeted that out a while ago. Definitely before the SEC lost their Twitter password or whatever. Here we are. I'll pin this to the top. Um, I was asking this question. I was like, Hey, you know, what's people's thoughts on HCS? Um, I'll chat about it a little later. Um, but if anyone listening right now, live on X 
has kind of thoughts or opinions or questions about it or whatever, again, use that little, uh, you know, comment button at the bottom, right. And, uh, you know, check it out. Let me know. Happy to read it out on the show. Also too, real quick, uh, we're approaching the third year of the show, which is crazy. Um, well over a hundred episodes and just want to, I, you know, again, appreciate people, you know, supporting the show, sending H bar tips to the show. One of the things I love to do is kind of share like, um, screenshots of the notifications I get, um, from ledger work century. Unfortunately, that product was shut down. It was a great, um, service on Hedera that like sent you an email alert about activity on your Hedera account. It was great. I used it all the time. One of the things I loved using it for was when someone sent a contribution or tip to the show, an HBAR tip, I'd get an email and I could share a screenshot. So I'm going to be checking the wallet soon, thanking people for the contributions. But um, yeah, like we're, it's going great. Like we've got enough contributions. Like I said, we got new equipment. We're rocking and rolling. It's going good. Um, we've covered, you know, every major news story here. Many great guests. Um, this is an independent show. No sponsors, no ads, none of that. Brought to you by listeners like you, all that. Um, and it's growing. I mean, some episodes are across all platforms are, you know, breaking a thousand listeners and stuff like that. And, you know, this is a live show. It's not video yet. Um, and I think really what's important to me is just like really trying to hone in on like the quality of the content, the news, the information, like what's going on with everything. So we're getting there together. Um, you can support the show um, by checking out the post pinned to the top of the spaces and also just a hashgraph.news. Um, there's a, you know, Hedera account ID. You can send HBAR to or whatever token you'd like and support the show. Really appreciate it. Even a few bucks add up. Um, so yeah, do what you got to do. Now, one of the other things is um, Lehman tweeted out is actually, this was something really interesting just on the topic of like tweets going out, getting deleted, rolled back. Um, Lehman tweeted out like an act, like actually like a really nice um, tweet this morning or last night or whenever it was um, uh, with the CTO of the uh, Algorand um, Foundation and the CEO of the Algorand Foundation tweeted out a picture of him and Lehman and said, it's so great to discuss post-quantum and interoperation with the wonderful at Lehman Baird. Um, and then Lehman Baird tweets out, we are stronger as an industry when we put our minds together. So there's always been a little, not always, but recently there's been a little bit of speculation regarding the relationship between Hedera and Algorand. Um, I think on a recent episode when I was talking about like some of the predictions the community had in regards to governing council members a few times, you know, Algorand came up, um, it, you know, it wouldn't be crazy to have an L1 as a governing council member. I think that, you know, many people in the ecosystem have spoken to that. And the other interesting thing was, so originally this was tweeted out by the Hedera account, this image and retweet, and then it was deleted and then it was tweeted out from Lehman's account. So I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know if Hedera like couldn't speak to something or whatever that might be, but that was just kind of an interesting um, observation. Um, but clearly, um, you know, Algorand and Hedera have some kind of relationship. I mean, you know, Lehman's hanging out. Earthlings uh, is a great, Use case on Adara, gaming use case. 
Um, they just shared today after kind of an exclusive release on Galaxy for the video trailer of um, their game, their metaverse, their use case. Looks really, really great. We've, we've talked about them on the show before. And uh, yeah, it looks awesome. Um, this is the Village video. Go check it out. I mean, this is a Hedera gaming use case, Earthlings. Shout out to um, uh, Milan as well, who's involved at, I guess, Hedera Dev. Um, yeah, super excited for this. I mean, gaming on Hedera is great. I think Charles Atkins uh, tweeted this out as well. So definitely love from the community for Earthlings. Um, 34,000 34, TPS on Testnet was spotted today, um, which was interesting. Um, don't quite know exactly what that's about. Let's take a look at the live TPS. Like it's at 11,000 right now. Now the Hedera transactions website has sometimes uh, been notorious for errors, like errors in calculation or how those numbers are calculated. On a previous episode, we talked about um, an article on the Hedera blog from Ed Marquez that outlined how TPS is calculated on the Hedera network. And what it revealed was ways in which those calculations could kind of be messed up or have errors depending on how your you know tech stack is set up for your website, similar to hederatransactions.com. And I'm looking at the testnet now and it's at 11,000 TPS. There was screenshots on X recently from one from Ray at Dead Pixels um, you know, 37,000 transactions per second on Hedera testnet. So, I mean, if that's correct, I don't know if Metrica has the ability to look at the testnet, but clearly, um, some stuff is going on if that's true. And testnet has been that high before, right? Testnet has been rocking at 10,000 transactions per second for weeks at a time, for months at a time albeit sometimes it's spam or something goofy for a while there there was 10,000 transactions of Grelf but it'll be uh, on, on the test net but it'll be interesting kind of see like how the community gets the bottom of this because uh, it you know piqued my interest that's for sure I got a question as well um, from the HBAR gremlin on X um, asking about HCS 20 and hip 657 and will we ever see new market participants and this and that um i think in regards to the question of like will we ever see new market participants i guess you know graham you mean like um you know in hedera i think that you know when we look at that it definitely is driven by the crypto industry and right now that's kind of in limbo like it has been for a long time on so many different things. Like there's a bear market, there was a pending Bitcoin ETF. Um, you know, there's pending regulations, there's pending this, pending that, this soon, that soon. And we're definitely seeing, you know, a lot of volatility and price action and stuff. And with that, um, it's going to start to generate excitement. So I think that will we ever see new market participants? I think, yeah, we are. Of course we are. I think it's growing quite a bit right now. I think, in recent memory, there was a number quoted of like, you know, I think it was from Coinbase. There was like, you know, 48 million P 
people in America that, you know, have interacted with or, or hold crypto. So it's like, it's a huge number. So I think that when we look at Hedera, it's really about just building out. Um, I think the gateway for a lot of this stuff is going to be DeFi. So I really think it's about um, building out DeFi on Hedera. I think that's really important right now. We need stuff like retail oracles. Um, we need to have conversations about wrapped HBAR. We need to um, foster innovation and new types of, you know, borrowing and lending and all these different types of things. Like we need to uh, build out the DeFi ecosystem. Um, and, you know, part of that, like DeFi is decentralized finance. Like part of that is, you know, stuff like meme coins, all these kinds of strange things that come with it. That's exciting. That's fun. That's what, that's what draws people in. That's what gets people excited. Right. So, and, and across the board too, like, unfortunately, most of the innovation on Hedera's end when it came to NFTs last year was changing fees, right? Um, not, not a whole lot happened on Hedera's end. Um, and I think that what you prioritize is what's going to succeed. So I think that if, if Hedera does in fact want to see these types of things succeed, I do think that one criticism I'd offer is just, you know, prioritize these things, even though they might be outside the scope of like traditional enterprise or whatever goals that the governing council might have. I think that a lot of these types of things can support that because at the end of the day, if the price of H bar goes up, you know, it's kind of what we, what we all want. You know what I mean? So um, we can all work towards that. Now on the other topic um, in regards to HCS 20, uh, I just, so funny. Uh, I just saw patches pop in patches. I'll extend um, an invite to you if you'd like to hop up just for a quick chat. Um, but uh, yeah, there's like questions around hip six, five, seven and, and HCS 20 um, and wanted to, uh, I was, it's, it's funny patches. I was actually on, on X um, H bar gremlin, Graham, he sent me a question and he was kind of looking for information about HCS 20 and hip six, five, seven and updates and stuff. And, um, just over, I'd say even the past like 24 or 12 hours, like so much has happened with, with HCS 20. Um, I was curious if you had any kind of updates for, for people like you cross 10 million transactions, like, you know, what's going on that you're most excited about with HCS 20 right now? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a good time to pop in. Uh, <laughs> I'm not <clears throat> currently. I'm trying to solve problems, um, so it's hard to it's mm. hard to uh, iterate right. on ideation of innovation. I'm like uh, Cantor, me, and we have a working group. Um, Pluto's in there. Uh, we got Matt Smitty's. We have just a bunch of devs. Uh, Hashgate, um, you know this. You're 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 mm. uh, you're helping starting to create this working group for HCS. Um, we're all just like considering how does this work? Cause like last night I got my index to work up to 11 and a half million and then it broke. And <laughs> cause there's right, like 12 right. and a half million. So, um, yeah, I just, it, you know, an NFT -er, right now, there's no way to see the state of HCS 20 NFT is re-indexing cause there's some invalid transactions that are getting populated gotcha. um, and messing with, with the supply. Um, so yeah, we're just trying to figure out scale because like overnight we have an enterprise scale solution, like multiple millions of incoming events need to be processed to get state. And that's not yeah. a, it's not a, it's not a small task. And like, 
I keep, so like we had the first solution and that broke after 50 K I created the second solution. And by the time it was done, it didn't work. So it's like, right. Yeah. It's going, it's like, it's like that cartoon where you're, you're laying the train track as the train's going, you know, right. It's where you're right. at right now. It, exactly. And the train's in front of us. So right. <laughs> Um, that's the analogy. And it's, uh, the worst part is every time it fails, you have to start over. So mm. you're further away from the train. <laughs> Cause it has to quit. It has to query everything. Right. And, and we have rate limits. So like I can only pull so fast. I'm using validation cloud cause the main net one has, has a gate on it. Right. Um, and I can only pull so fast. And last night I was watching the TPS of the topic ID and it was fluctuating from hundred to 400 TPS and I'm pulling it at 300 TPS. So I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even catching up. Yeah. Sometimes I'm losing ground. Wow. Uh, and, and it's, um, this, this is a problem that I don't think any other inscription service has had because the speed and finality of transaction is so fast. Like I don't, I, I really want to, you know, I think like maybe 20 to 50 people are involved in HCS 20 maximum. Yeah. And then, you know, they're just sitting there clicking this one button that submits the transaction. And because of a bug, like that little spinner is supposed to be over the button and the button's supposed to be disabled. But I was just like, eh, just send it off, fix that later. Right. They, you can just sit there and hammer it. And because Hedera Consensus Service is really good and uh, the Electron app that I built um, has a pretty nice memory stack because it's a V8 Chrome, like it's how... Electron mark. No one cares about that. Um, it's a cool app <laughs> and, uh, it can stack a lot of like memory there. So you're sitting there hammering it and the stack will be high and it'll actually process all of them. Wow. So, so that's why this looks like there's a bunch of bots because people are just sitting there clicking this one button that's supposed to disable until <laughs> it goes through, but it Crazy. doesn't. Get um, so eh, I, I don't know. We, this is a really fun, hard problem. I think people are saying it feels like a hackathon. Can't just said that. Yeah. Uh, it just, you, it could not predict this amount of transaction growth. And at this point we have to like start figuring out how do we fund something that can index this because it's, this is, this is enterprise level infrastructure to keep up with balance and throughput. And, um, that's not cheap. So we're, yeah. we're still figuring it out. Uh, it's fun. It's, uh, not sleeping much since I launched it, but that's just how it goes. Um, you know, holiday break back into web three. That's exciting though. And it, and it is true. It's like the move fast, break things kind of stuff. It's, it's that startup culture. It's the, it's that fresh energy. I think something's kind of blown through crypto. I mean, we've seen some green candles. We've seen some excitement. I think that just people are kind of more open to things and crazy stuff like this is going to happen. You know, it's, I think that this type of concept has washed up on the shores of many other networks. Like you said, you know, a, a lot of people are doing inscriptions along the same um, standard. So it's nice for Hedera to be on this kind of crazy ride. I'd say, I think that there's many valid criticism of it, but I think that in the big scheme of things, you know, it'd be part of the conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, um, you know, I, I know the rollout has been confusing. Um, and as you know, some people are quick to judge without pulling through the confusion. And I think that's all good. You know, um, yeah. what is it? Uh, there's no bad news or all news is, I don't, I don't know it all. Um, no such thing as bad press. Yes. And, uh, so everyone's talking about it and that's the market effect. And again, you know, I, I went over to ordinals. I was there, I've been there for now a year, um, coming up on a year. 
um, learned a lot. Like I, I, when a market that is billions of dollars in value is sprung up over weeks um, in in your industry, you, you should pay attention, even if you think yeah. it's really really silly. And it is silly. And Ordinal started on spreadsheets, and this is why, right? Like yeah. we're 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 now living why that is, and um, it's not. Uh, you know, it's just the entry point that we're talking about. The 12.5 million transactions, that's the entry point. That's the hype. You know, it is in 19,000 people's wallets. They were airdropped, but it's in the wallets. Um, yes. These are all these are all true things that are happening on our version of what is BRC20 on this main topic ID. And the wealth of utility and value is on the private topic IDs, on the inventory tracking, the ESG tracking, the AI weighting algorithms. There's There's a huge unlock that this can conceptually bring to a lot of smart creative people in our ecosystem that we've already seen that's mm -hmm. blow me away in, in, in five, six days. So it's, it's confusing. I'm sorry, but it does seem to be working. <laughs> you, and I think that, you know, from your side, I think that when you talk about this type of open source development and this type of stuff, it's like the concern, I think a lot of people think about is you're going to be fighting resistance to the idea but I think the bigger threat is like you're fighting against indifference. It's like you want some noise. You want, um, you know, what, whether it's good or bad, you want people to be aware of it, you know, because that's how this type of stuff comes to fruition is like everyone kind of being aware, talking about it. We've got a great technology, like you said, you know, the, it's a, you know, the, the consensus service is a blank canvas. It's like, here's an attempt to give some structure to it. It's cool. You know, I think it's interesting. I dig it. I, I'm, I'm excited to kind of like experiment with it more. And I'm happy to be a part of that kind of like stand up working group and kind of bringing people together. Um, I just think it's, I think what we need right now is fun. This is fun. So, you know, I, I will take it coming out of last year. Yeah. A lot of people told me that it feels like um, trading NFTs when the token service came out, yes. but we didn't really have wallets. This <laughs> is know? doing, this is doing the same thing to my brain as minting a punk on a Google form. It's like, I'm, yeah. I, I am so excited right now. I have no idea what's going on. I'm just so excited right now. I'm just That's happy it. to be here, you know? Making Hedera exciting again. That's yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's, that's awesome, man. I, I think, um, uh, H bar gremlin also was asking about hip six, five, seven. I think the, uh, I think the line on that is just like, you know, I think, it, I think it's coming soon. You know, it's one of those types of things. Yeah, and in, in any official capacity, I can't say anything. Exactly. Um, I'm just saying, uh, you know, I'm pushing it as much as I am able. Yeah, I'm talking to Turtle Moon Patches. Swirls Patches is currently at work right now. Um, I brought Hangry up, NFT legend in the Hedera ecosystem. Um, and I know, Hangry, I don't know if you've had a chance to check out the HCS20 stuff. I know that you're you're probably the first person or one of the first in the community to dive into ordinals. I was curious to see as a creator kind of like what your thoughts on HCS20 uh, was, if you kind of had any. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I, um, I remember when ordinals first came out and I started talking to Patches and uh, I was really happy that he was open to it because... I, I think it brought a lot of excitement and um, it was just a, a new way to sort of collect things. So I did, I did um, jump into the HCS 20 last night and uh, started playing around with the toolkit. 
I couldn't get it to work on my PC, but I, I managed to get the app running on my MacBook. So um, my one of the interesting things I saw was I was watching like all the tutorial videos that like Patches made and that, that actually you made too, Brandon. I watched oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that helped a lot. And I noticed that there's a metadata field um, when you're creating the HS20. So I'm assuming that in the future, this could display things, um, say in a wallet or um, some sort of an app, right? Because Patches mentioned it, it follows the same NFT standard that we're all, we already use. So um, I actually, <laughs> I actually went in and created like what would be an NFT using the the Hedera standard, and I minted an HTS twenty, um, you know whatever you want to call it, a, to- a token or whatever. But I, I used the metadata field and put a full NFT in it, you know. So I'm kind of curious to see if like eventually that will display the image and the metadata fields. Because what I did was I, I did a pixel boon and in the background, it the background of the pixel boon says hashnals all over it. So Ooh. it's just, it's just, pointing to ipfs i guess at this point and no one can see it but it's definitely minted um uh so to speak <laughs> so so and then i was talking to somebody one of my friends and he's like you know that's on 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 bitcoin that's an i think it's a brc 721 uh when you do that so essentially i may have made the first uh, uh unless HCS i just did 721 it. or something yeah I mean, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, Matt Smitty's beat you with his Ingi pass. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and and the intention of that metadata field is just like how there's a hip that's going forward with uh, adding a metadata field to the top of a fungible token where you can put in, um, like, you know, <laughs> when Hatchpacks displays the token, right? It'll show, like, the little image. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was the intent, and uh, BRC721, you're 100% right, except that it doesn't have a unique serial number, so they're still fungible, right? After you send it from a wallet, it's kind of like a GoMint fungible token NFT because it would ladder up to that main metadata, but what you hold is fungible. If I sent you through, right. yeah. So yeah, I, I wasn't expecting it to be a unique uh, thing, but I was wondering if like the image would display. It, it should, and... Yeah. Um, there, I'm super hesitant to introduce. Uh, I have I have the HCS built out, but I'm super hesitant to introduce it because I don't want people to start minting, you know, HCS NFTs. The intent of a image based HCS would be badges in a game that doesn't want to be an NFT or something that you don't really want a secondary market for, but also has an image for your players or for uh, information to send to someone. Um, well, well. In my defense, uh, to the Smitty's thing, uh, the the HS twenty that I made is called Hashinal, and uh, so and the description says the first Hashinal. <laughs> so I I think I can still claim it. Is is the tick Hashinal? Yeah, I think someone already minted that tick, so I think it was an invalid deploy. <laughs> no, I checked. It was they. Someone minted it with an S, like plural. Mmm, look at that. So no one had had done the the actual hashinal. So Okay. Um I, I double checked on um on Cantor's little indexer on his websites. 
So I think I'm okay. Well, um, unfortunately, that's that's the. I don't know if you're in the room, but Cantor's indexer, my indexer, there's no currently working indexer for. Then uh, maybe I'm full of crap. <laughs> well, we don't know. You, yeah. it's like it's Schrodinger's HCS20. It could be deployed or it could not be deployed. Um, but until we re-index everything, because his, if you could tell, like the supplies are off and stuff. Invalid transactions were getting to valid transaction table in his index, so it broke um, the display of balances. I see. Um, so we have to start over and now we have to catch up <laughs> to 13 million. Right. So, um, yeah, tis a silly place. We're, we're, we're trying to make this work, but, uh, when we, re- oh, yeah. we can let you know if it's real. Yeah. It's, it's not a big deal. I was really just playing around and, and I, I want to make an HS 20 for hangry barboons, um, like officially. So, uh, because there's, there's a lot of community members, um, playing around with, points and stuff like i can create uh, a big hangry hamster and using hcs 20 we can tally up who has the most um points and stuff to win a giveaway or something like that is what i see as a use case maybe for a product like an nft project so it'll it'll be interesting i love that um just before i move on here i had a question for patches which was kind of like is there an element here i'm um, sorry i got I'm four minutes late for a meeting. I got peace. Sorry. Oh my God. Okay. Get back to work. Patches. The man, the myth, the legend. Um, well then maybe a question for you, hangry. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. How are you doing, man? How's your, how's your year starting off? Well, the year's starting off great. Yesterday, my, my son turned six months old. Right on. So, so he's doing great. He's healthy and just kind of enjoying being a, you know, a dad. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Six months. That's amazing, dude. Um, and uh, that's really cool. We talk about with HCS 20 with NFTs. Like, do you see like looking at NFTs on Hedera? Of course, they're minted on the token service. They have royalties baked in. They have all of these different capabilities. They're very robust. Um, and they can be used in like atomic transfers and like all the things that enable these economies. Now, when you talk about minting NFTs or something, or when the conversation happens around minting NFTs or inscribing them on HCS, like, do you have any ideas about that, or has your have you has your thought process like not quite got there yet? I mean, I, I see the 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 value in that it avoids some of the regulatory issues and and stuff that like Patches has mentioned. So you're not creating, say, a fungible token necessarily. You're creating points, and that makes it easier to have fun with it. I think, uh, from a creator standpoint, you can have some peace of mind to, to gamify it. And um, I, I, I was actually going to use Discord. Like they have a little currency sy- system within Discord where you just create That's a right. bot, and and then you can assign an economy to your Discord server, and you just. People can come in and, and win, you know, whatever you want to call the, the currency, or you can call it bananas, and you can basically have a leaderboard of who holds the most bananas. So, but it's not on chain or on Hashgraph, so that's sort of the issue. But now this is on, you know, what it, you want to call it on Hashgraph. Yeah. So it's it's uh, you can follow the the trail, so to speak. That's cool. Um, I think the a, a lot of artists were interested in ordinals. Um, because of the art being on chain too. Whereas um, I guess, you know, most other networks, it's not technically 
on the network. It's you're pointing to somewhere else. Yeah. So that, that, that was kind of the, that was sort of the thing that got me interested. That's why I jumped in in February when it came out ordinals, uh, or I, I guess it was technically came out in December, but as soon as I heard about it, I started getting learning and, and, and scribing stuff because I like the idea of, of the, of Bitcoin being like, you know, the first crypto and then you can somehow put art on it. Uh, and I know there's a lot of like, uh, conflicting opinions about the whole thing. Like yeah. it's sort of, a, an illusion, but, but the thing is, uh, and patches has said this, if there's consensus around, um, a protocol, then it becomes real, especially if, if enough people agree on it and, and ordinals has, there's definitely enough people that agree that it's a thing. So, um, that's that's and that's exactly what's happened with HS twenty. Um, there's consensus. The devs are teaming together to make it real, and so it's here. It is absolutely like that's exactly what, that's all this is. That's all this technology is is just agreeing on what messages are going to be sent, and if everyone kind of agrees and does it, then DApps and wallets and everyone can put their hand in and start digesting that information and displaying images and doing those types of things. And, and that, that carries yeah. over to all, all types of projects, like even yeah. NFT, NFT art projects, like um, a lot of projects come and go fail uh, from an artist's perspective. But if, if enough people rally around an art project, it also becomes legit and real. So uh, the community is probably basically the most important thing. Um, because without it, then it's not real. <laughs> You're either ignored or forgotten or, yep. or whatever. So the, the community is the key. Absolutely. And, and then on standards too, it's like this matches what's happening on other networks as well, including Bitcoin, including, um, some of these mm-hmm. other networks. So it's, it's also interesting. Like one of the things patches touch touches on is like the ability for these creators and developers and, um, other, other, you know, people to be able to look at Hedera and go, Hey, I'd like to try that out, but they can just do exactly what they're doing over there on Hedera. So I think it also kind of opens a door. It's kind of like what Mance was saying about HCS being the gateway drug to Hedera. It's like, Hey, you know, that it was that for enterprise. Now maybe it could be that for retail. It's just, it's really interesting. I think that ordinals were like a major curveball for everybody. Um, and I think maybe Hedera is going to catch a curveball. And it probably is going to feel really weird, you know. Ordinals also took off because um, they had a very fun way of collecting right from the beginning, where everyone valued the first inscriptions more. So, like right. the first, the first one thousand are like super. They, they they call inscriptions another name for them, digital artifacts. So it's like you're literally going out there hunting for stuff and oh you found this rare you know artifact it's like it's like a, a kind of a game and and it's like pure collecting so and and on bitcoin it's very hard to create utility outside of the art and the community around it because there's there's you know there's no royalties with with ordinals it's each inscription is numbered sequentially so it's very easy to say, okay, this one's early. This, this is like really important. Um, and then they've also, you go into it further. They, they have identified which sats within the Bitcoin are rare, uncommon, mythic, legendary, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they have like different categories of sats that you can put the art on and that can raise the value. So, the, so, so it becomes right. sort of a little game, a little 
collecting game within the whole ecosystem. And, and something that we haven't really considered is like, we sort of had that with token IDs. We have yeah. early token IDs and you can, you can say, well, those are early, early mints, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as I know, there's no meta in the Hedera NFT ecosystem where we value earlier token IDs for art. Uh, but well, sort of, I guess there were some, remember there were some artists early on that were like hesitant to, to, to uh, switch their token yes. IDs, you know, cause everyone wanted to keep those early ones. So yeah. there, that, that feeling was there. I don't think it became real though. <laughs> you know, I think, I think the Goman stuff was a blow to that. Like, I think that that was the play on Goman. Oh, it was yeah. like, I'm going to get all these low numbers and then, but they ended go, up being fungible. Yes. Right? So I think that that kind of took the wind out of those sales, in my opinion. True. Yeah. That kind I of, agree with you. It could, it could come back. Like that could be a, that could be a, a, a meta resurgence for the NFT ecosystem. If, if the marketplaces can, um, group them together because that was the thing. Like if, if every people were minting each NFT on separate token IDs, even though it was from the same collection. So then, so then what, what we need is if there is a collection that was super early that it can be grouped together within a marketplace. Right. Um, And I think Centex has started to do that anyway, because I see them grouping together, even my, separate collections under yeah. Angry Birds. So, so that's possible. I think that's what oh. the HCS 20 stuff is showing us. There's a way if something is a little wonky or strange, it's as you said, I mean, however wonky or strange it may be, if everyone's doing it, it's something to build on. You know, I think that there, that, that organic community kind of thing, it's what's everyone getting out of it at the end of the day, you know? But anyways, really great um, having you on, man. It's been too long. Was there anything, before I move on to the rest of the news here, was there anything you wanted to mention about the project or shout outs or anything? Uh, well, there's I have a lot that I'm working on um, this year. So um, I'm, I'm pretty much head down creating new art. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I love it. I'll, I'll really, I'll announce some stuff later. Yeah. I'll have to have you back on when you got, when you got some, some big stuff coming, let me know. Sounds great. That's super exciting. All right. Thanks so much, man. Take care. All right. So let's get back into it. Um, back into some news here. Um, <clears throat> that was a great conversation by the way about HCS 20. I think, you know, I think that, when we look at HCS 20, when we look at these different things, it's like, it's exciting. It's cool. It's fresh. It's new. Um, gotta have something. It's been a, it's been a pretty crazy bull market or bear market. Um, there's been a lot that's happened over the last two years. Um, I'll actually quote Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI. He said something really interesting, which was, um, a lot of the times what's exhausting or draining isn't necessarily like the work that you do or, or these types of things that were these projects or things that we're doing. Um, and sometimes the best way to rest isn't necessarily to like stop doing stuff. Sometimes the draining stuff is like doing things that don't have a positive result or don't see success or don't have momentum. And I think that it's really hard to see that success and get momentum in a bear market. And so I think that that's caused a lot of this, um, you know, exhaustion for a lot of people, but now we're doing some things that are see that are, that are seeing some instant traction that are exciting. 
And I think that'll regenerate, like re-energize us. I think to be re-energized in the web three space, to be re-energized in the Hedera ecosystem is to just kind of roll up your sleeves and get to work, dive into something. Now's the time. It seems that there's a little bit of a lightness. It seems that there's open minds. There's some energy. There's a little bit of money. Um, so now's the time to kind of dive in, I'd say. Um, it'll energize you. Just in from Watcher Guru, Spot Bitcoin ETF applicant, ARK Invest CEO says SEC hack will not delay ETF decision. We're also seeing the price of Bitcoin going up over the past 30 minutes. Um, so definitely some stuff happening. The needle is moving. The needle is wiggling. Um, I want to talk about some stuff from Canada, just because I don't know what the hell we're doing up here. Um, so USDC in Canada, what do I have here? Um, so this is really a bummer. I like was kind of surprised. Um, so the headline here is Newton exchange in Canada forced to delist USDC as will all other Canada exchanges as quote, stable coins or securities. So there's this ongoing, um, conversation. Um, and it's around how do we handle crypto in Canada? I think Canada is taking a really weird and not effective and like bad approach in a lot of ways. Um, it's never a good sign when the exchanges in your country are forced to delist USDC. It's not good. Um, and we've seen many exchanges in Canada kind of, you know, go down the tubes. There was a really good, uh, comment on the Reddit Hedera community on this, uh, from, uh, Chris G zero says basically for coin Coinbase uh, and everyone else to maintain the USDC in can in the Canadian market, they have to register the USDC as a security in Canada. If so, then that will screw up their entire Coinbase versus SEC litigation approach and strategy. If not, they lose substantial market. They lose a substantial market with other markets to follow. Very well played between the SEC and the uh, the OSC. So the the counterparts, the SEC in Canada. So it's it's really crazy. If Coinbase were to um, acquiesce to this in Canada, it, it, yeah, it would definitely take a take a hit to their case in the U.S. potentially. Um, and if they don't, then you know it may cause them losing a market and cause buying H bar for me to become much more difficult. Um, I'm not super enthused about being in Canada for crypto right now through a crypto lens. It's just not, I'm not super, I'm not super jazzed guys. Um, also too, uh, the bank of Canada is doing something again on the topic of just being unhinged headline here in the Toronto sun uh, the, uh, Toronto is a major city in Canada for folks listening. Um, the Bank of Canada files for, quote, digital dollar and other related trademarks. You can't make this up. The Bank of Canada asserted ownership of, quote, digital dollar, quote, digital Canadian dollar, and, quote, central bank digital currency in both official languages, according to uh, Black Locks reporter. Um, so I'm not even going to go into this. It's not even that interesting. It's just drives me nuts. I don't know what's going on up here, but yeah, you know, the bank of Canada is trying to, 
you know, like trademark terms. It's just, it's like back in the nineties and early two thousands when you'd have people trying to trademark like World Wide web or something. It's just, it's craziness. It's craziness guys. I don't know what's going up on here. Sorry. Um, now here's a, here's a cool headline from Canada. I had to find one positive thing. Um, this comes from at crypto rationale on Twitter says, quote, seems like Canada is going to have slash is having some mortgage documents verified on public DLT blockchain through Hedera through one span. So one span, as we know, um, is working with, you know, all major banks, um, actually King Solomon that's listening right now did a great breakdown of this. Um, and just regarding like the, the, you know, the one span acquisition of proven DB and different, the patents and all sorts of different things. But, um, when we look at one span, they, they acquired a company called proven DB proven DB has been using Hedera for verification on the hash graph for a long time. Open, uh, you know, one span works with all the banks, they acquire them. Now they're using proven DB's technology and Hedera for all these different types of documents and authentication and trust and this and that. Right. And, so it looks as though in Canada, we've got some major banks um, like like BMO, BMO and RBC um, in Canada using OneSpan and ProvenDB um, potentially right now or coming up. So it's very interesting. Just a little bit of a kind of maybe a breadcrumb a rumor. Um, but to me, the connection is kind of there. It's like, you know, major bank in Canada using one span solution, um, which is using the technology acquired from proven DB, which leverages Hedera, right? I mean, the Hedera meeting minutes are, um, authenticated on the hash graph through proven DB, right? So they have been for years, um, and their technology is used extensively. So it's really interesting. Um, so, Hey, you know, we're doing something cool now. Uh, last week I wanted to have uh, saucer swap on the show, uh, but they're not, they're not doing a ton of live interviews right now. I think like a lot of major, major projects right now, they're kind of heads down working on a bunch of stuff. They have some major updates they're doing and they're rolling out so many different things, but, um, they did take the time to, uh, answer a question I had. I, I asked them, what do you believe has been the key factor in saucer swap success? as you near the milestone of 2 million transactions besides building on Hedera. Now I sent that on January 2nd. Uh, uh, so that was them approaching 2 million. Now they're well over 2 million transactions, which is crazy or t- sorry, 2 million trades. So this is what saucer swap said. I'll just read it. I haven't read it yet, but um, this is saucer swap uh, saucer swaps uh, response to me. So uh, quote saucer swaps growth as it approaches 2 million trades can be attributed to several strategic initiatives. The introduction of concentrated liquidity significantly enhance the DEX's efficiency, allowing liquidity providers to optimize earnings and manage risk while traders benefit from larger swaps with reduced slippage and fees. This innovation led to a 150% increase in TVL and a tenfold surge in daily trading volume. The protocol's tokenomics underwent a pivotal adjustment uh, notably, a 60% reduction in sauce emission rate, extending its runway. Although this resulted in lower inflation-driven yields, the increase in fees, APR, compensated for this change. A novel aspect of the tokenomics is the liquidity-aligned reward initiative. They called it LARI. 
the mascots named Larry. I love it. Rewarding users, rewarding users based on the utilization of their liquidity and trades. Additionally, considerable improvements in UI and UX in the saucer swap web app have played a crucial role. Both V1 and V2 functionalities are seamlessly integrated in the web app off offers users various volatility strategies for liquidity provision, complete with detailed depth charts to aid in understanding market structure. This comprehensive approach has been integral to saucer swap success. <clears throat> Very, um, Thorough response. Expect nothing less from the saucer swap people. And for me, you know, I think that it's great to have a DEX like saucer swap. Um, I think, you know, big shout out to them. I think that, you know, the DEX ecosystem, like I said on Hedera, I think definitely needs to be enhanced much more. But I think, you know, whichever way you slice it, um, a lot rests on the shoulders of you know what saucer swap you know and and stater did in the early days you know of deck i say early days what they did you know a year year and a half ago um that is early days but shout out uh thanks for the message saucer swap thank you for passing that along um hash pack had a bunch of updates too um they did a uh token minting tool you can mint your fungible tokens so if you've had so here's the thing this is what's really breakthrough right now is if you've got an idea, this is like a choose your own adventure. This is how great development in the ecosystem has been. You got to choose your own adventure. Let's say you've got an NFT project or something and you're like, hmm, I want to do some kind of token or points for my community, but I don't want to be open up to regulatory scrutiny. You know, use HCS 20 and do points or Let's say you're somebody that's like, I'd really love to start a meme coin project like Grelf or something like that and have some fun. And I'm, you know, comfortable taking on all sorts of different wacky risks. And I want to try something. I want to go for it. Well, now you've got a tool built in the hash pack to just mint a fungible token and kind of go for it. So it's great. And I mean, there's many tools out there to do all sorts of different things, but, um, Huge shout out to Hashpack for like continually kind of like putting in those features, putting those updates. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. Many wallets too are like launching like new, um, uh, you know, tools for building all sorts of different things. I love to see it. I love to just see tools for you, make it easier for people to make things. Um, man, I am bullish. Legion Social, there's another social network on Hedera now. This was one that we talked about last year. Funnily enough, this brings us full circle. Last time I talked about Legion Social was last year in January um, because they were at Davos um, and they were showcasing the demo of a social media app and their concept of, um, you know, what, what would that be about? How would it function? What pain points would it solve? Um, so... They tweeted out, uh, and again, Legion Social, very similar to like Galaxy. Like we got some social media plays on Hedera. Ain't no thing. They tweet out, alpha version of Legion is out on Android and iOS. Please test it by creating a new account through the app and let us know what we should do to improve on it. So they've got um, a wallet. They've got the ability to, to do some other things. Um, and... I think they're going to scale it. It's it's a different approach. I mean, Galaxy initially did an iOS app and an Android app. They moved to the uh, web app. 
a lot of people are moving that way. This platform has the iOS app and the Android app, a different approach. It's going to be interesting to see. But nonetheless, another kind of like social media kind of thing on Hedera. I dig it. Legion Social, check it out. I'm going to be diving into it more um, as we kind of get through the month. Hedera mainnet was upgraded to version 0.45. As we know, as we kind of watch the mainnet transactions, they're still at 21 transactions per second. So a little alarming to a lot of people. Um, For folks unfamiliar, you know, Hedera was operating at under three-digit TPS for years, averaging usually, if you took, you know, the first three years of Hedera, averaged it out, Hedera would probably be running at, you know, 10 to 30 transactions per second. It, it was what it was. Um, and, you know, of course, then we know last year in January, we had a little bit of a step function and we ended up near the end of the year being at about 3000 transactions per second heading into the new year, um, drop off single low double digit transactions. We're at 24 right now and people go, okay, you know, it's okay. No cause for panic. Um, this happens because Atma IO from Avery Dennison is driving most of the transactions on the main net. So we can safely assume it's going to largely follow their business cycles. It's a new year. It's pretty straightforward. They're probably doing different things, upgrades, blah, blah, blah. And it's happened in the past. There's a pattern here, usually like quarterly or at a regular cadence, you know, Avery Dennison will shut down, retool, ramp back up and usually they'll ramp back up um you know uh much higher than they were at now with davos coming up in literally two days um i think it's pretty important for hedera to be running at you know three thousand transactions per second as it was um I don't know how good of a look it's going to be if Hedera's at Davos and they're running, they're, they're, you know, they're not the number one spot on whatever it is, chain spec or real TPS or whatever. So um, I think that in the past this has happened. I'm not worried. I think it'll be fine. Um, and most likely it'll, it'll return higher than it was. We saw actually it return yesterday at 1200 or 1500 TPS. So clearly things are, you know, temporary, but nonetheless, little bit freaky but you know it's good to see um the test net rocking at like thirty thousand transactions per second at times it's great to see there is the upcoming test net reset happening so this is a serious message for all developers out there on january 25th they're resetting the test net the test net is being wiped so make sure to set up new wallets and all that kind of stuff if you've got like you know, smart contracts running on testnet or different things like that. Prepare, fix your stuff. Testnet's getting wiped. So stay tuned on that. Um, Dovu has been added to C14. So if people are familiar, C14 is like a really great fiat on-ramp directly into the Hedera ecosystem, accessible in a bunch of wallets, um, like Hashpack. And um, basically... You just go, like, for example, you load up Hashpack, um, you go to buy some tokens. I think there's like Karate, there's now Dovu, there's USDC, there's HBAR, there's a few others. Um, I think I think there's Grelf. And uh, yeah, you just go and you just buy in the wallet uh, just via Fiat. So it's a great on-ramp. And for people excited about Dovu, Dovu added to C14. 
So basically what that means is it's much, much easier now for people to just take their regular old money and just put it straight into Dovu right on Hedera. Um, I think that's uh, fantastic. And I dig it. I think the tweet, you know, I'll read the tweet they sent out. I think it was nice. C14 is proud to announce our partnership with Dovu. Dovu is doing fantastic work accelerating humanity's progress towards net zero using powerful Hedera technology. I love it. I dig it. Um, I want to give a quick update on a lot of people have been asking about Wallet Connect um, and the project. Um, just, you know, full disclosure, you know, I'm doing project management for it. I'm working with HGraph and all the different wallet providers and community members. I'll say that I'm just, you know, really amazed and blown away by like the level of collaboration and um, the the work that's been done. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's really amazing to see kind of competitors come together and work together to get something done. It's never, it's never a straight path. Um, it's a winding road, but, um, it's, it's just so exciting to see that, you know, Hedera article come out before the holidays and, um, all the different wallets are working on, you know, their respective integrations and all those types of things. And, I think it's just, I, I think it, it's really great, and so it's 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 approaching the finish line. There's some more stuff coming. Uh, the most important thing is that it'll be available open sourced in the um, Hashgraph organization, and it will be you know ha- you know owned by the community. It's a it's an open source community standard that should be you know able to update and and you know make sure it it's current and and any fixes can be done and stuff. So that's where we're at. It's like all this incredible work from this working group has been accomplished. Everybody's now um, working on their own respective next phases and all the hard work is making its way to its official capacity and it'll be happening really soon. So uh, just a quick update on that. Um, and just, um, I mean, a quick shout out again to all the wallets and, you know, HGraph and developers and the community. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, you look at stuff like HCS 20 and this kind of theme we're talking about, about community driven standards or, um, tooling or infrastructure or whatever it may be. And it's like, it's just great to see. It's really great to see. It's a treat to kind of be behind the scenes and um, watch it unfold and be a part of it all. Um, so shout out. Um, Canon is what appears to me making a camera that leverages Hedera in some capacity. So there was a uh, press release put out by, by Canon um, and essentially Thomson Reuters has a technology that takes hashes of, of photography and leverages the Hedera network to prove their kind of like provenance, right? Um, preserving a picture's data provenance on a chain of integrity. And it's important for so many different use cases, especially, you know, news reporting. And as we see AI starting to grow, like we've seen, some, I saw some really crazy AI generated images that literally look like a selfie from like um, a war zone or like a house fire or any kind of like crazy emotional breaking news. And, and then you think about the actual um, photojournalism that happens in those situations and how things could be manipulated or changed or different stuff. And we talk about the cross section of AI and blockchain or hash graph quite often on the show. And we know that Lehman Baird, the co-founder of Hedera and the inventor of hash graph has a deep background in AI and machine learning. So <clears throat> naturally 
you look at this and and uh, effectively you you kind of go okay. So Canon's website has a press release about um, you know a camera that's going to be leveraging a technology from um, Thomson Reuters, and that technology, um, you know, it uses Hedera. And a prototype Canon camera is mentioned in this press release that basically says the pilot prod, uh, the pilot project saw Reuters photojournalist uh, Violeta Santos Mora capture pictures using a prototype Canon camera that digitally assigns each photograph and its corresponding time, date, and location with a unique identifier, aka a hash value, um, and then cryptographically signs them to establish a route of trust for their authenticity. The photos are then registered into a public blockchain, obviously referring to Hedera, and updated after each modification by the Rotor's picture stack, or sorry, pictures desk. This process continues until the photo is distributed with its metadata, edit history, and blockchain registration embedded in the photograph using a new C2PA standard. To verify the picture's authenticity, news customers can compare its unique identifier, the hash value in the file, on the public ledger. So very, very, very interesting stuff. Um, Obviously, Canon, a big company. A lot of people know uh, Canon. Um, And again, it has to be said, on the press release on Canon's website, Hedera is not mentioned. Hashgraph is not mentioned. The technology from Thomson Reuters is mentioned. If you go to the website to look and about the technology that Thomson Reuters has, Hedera is mentioned. Hashgraph is mentioned. So there are these, as, as this technology grows, as adoption expands, the degrees and separation in regards to a lot of these developments are going to grow. Um, we all know, you know, Hedera is going to be the plumbing of the internet. That's how it's described by, you know, its founders. And what that means is that as these tech stacks get built up, the 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 degree of separation that Hedera will have will just continue to grow. So it won't be abnormal to be talking about a news story that is a product that uses a technology, that uses a technology, that uses a technology, that uses Hedera, right? Um, and we're starting to see that a bit. And it's really up to us to determine how close it has to be to be relevant. Because at a certain point, if Hedera becomes ubiquitous enough, it can be argued, again, something that Lehman talks about is like, everybody will be using Hedera without knowing it. And when we get to that point, it just becomes less and less and less about the network itself and it becomes more about the technology, you know, hash graph. So it's very interesting, very, very interesting stuff. Um, <clears throat> H, H suite, H bar suite has gone live on Hedera. It's exciting. Um, I think that, um, the, as I said, the DeFi landscape, <clears throat> it's so important for that to grow as we want to see mass adoption, as we want to see, you know, growth in the economy on Hedera. And it's really good to see a DEX that isn't smart contract based on Hedera because I think that Hedera as a network was designed to be around kind of like the AppNet model and, you know, HSuite has this, you know, unique um, approach with what they're calling smart nodes. Um, and so it's, it's essentially a, a, a native DEX implementation directly on the native protocol of Hedera with effectively their own, you know, decentralized layer two of smart nodes that 
is architected in a way that's very close to what kind of Lehman Baird described as the vision of kind of what will be built on Hedera. So it's great. It's exciting. I did a swap on it. It's, it's super cool. I'm, I'm happy. And I think that, um, you know, <clears throat> when we look at the other side of the coin, right, that, that's, that's a challenge to launch a DEX like that. It, it effectively can put you on a bit of an island, not having a DEX that leverages smart contracts. It creates a lot of additional tech debt for H-Suite. It's a lot of heavy lifting. And I don't think they have any funding. Like they don't have funding from the foundation. They don't have funding from people. So I think it's a very unique approach. It's been a, it's been a challenging approach. I think they've had a lot of headwinds. Um, but I do like the fact that in this ecosystem, we have a DEX that doesn't use smart contracts. I think it's cool. Um, and I, and I think that that's the right way to go about competition in this ecosystem, right? I think that very easily we could have, you know, a bunch of DEXs that are based on Uniswap. Um, it's exciting to see, uh, kind of like a true variety on Hedera. I think that's, that's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, H-Suite is live. Go check it out. Try it out. It's open. You can do liquidity pools. But keep in mind, it's very different from a traditional DEX. There truly is not another DEX like it, for better or for worse, right? It, it doesn't use smart contracts. It's, 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 it's really kind of completely different under the hood. Um, and I think that there's a lot of learning to be done. I think there's a lot of improvements to be done. Um, and I think that there's a lot of growth that needs to happen. But... It is what it is. You know, it's a DEX that doesn't use smart contracts. It's pretty cool. Um, let me, I'm just going through them. There's a couple things here that like aren't super, super duper important. Um, oh yeah. The H bar bull show this week, shout out to Brandon at the H bar bull show. Um, really great episode. Just wanted to talk about a couple things. Um, cause I think that it was very interesting. Um, he did an interview with Charles Aikens. Um, really good. Really cool. Zepsi also kind of highlighted saucer swap is going multilingual. So saucer swap being a Dex on Hedera, the fact that they're going multilingual with, I guess their documentation or their website or their discord or whatever it may be just shows signs of that growth, right? Like if you have a, uh, a company that needs to go multilingual, it, it's a sign of growth. If you look at any SaaS company, like, you know, Squarespace, when they, when they went multilingual, it was an inflection point of growth. So you could look at, you know, you could look at that as a potential inflection point for saucer swap. Also Rob Allen on the governing council was on the, uh, the H bar bull show, uh, for the shark bite segment. Um, just a few things I wanted to just touch on that were very interesting to me in regards to a few things that he was asked. Um, he said something that really stood out to me, which was he th he sees other networks chasing TPS and he hypothesizes that it may force those other networks to show how frail they are. And he said those, those words, how frail they are. And that's really interesting to me now that the narrative in crypto more broadly is, is kind of circling around TPS more. Um, I think that, you know, that's very interesting. That's an interesting way to look at it, right? If other networks are go gunning for it, you know, are they going to um, falter on the way there? Like, are they going to, you know, get egg on their face? It's going to be interesting to see. 
Um, he also admitted, you know, we talked about this on the show a lot. DH Barbell talks about it a lot. The branding of the consensus service and the confusion around that. You know, Rob Allen admits, you know, the issue of branding of the consensus service, but they're not going to change it. He's on the governing council. He obviously knows. So it is what it is. He says also that they have governing council candidates close in the pipeline. So Rob Allen's saying, you know, again, on the governing council saying um, there are governing council members close to announcement. Um, that's what I would take away from it. Those are my words. Um, he does see it being within scope of five to 10 new governing council members this year. So that puts us at one a month, one every other month. Um, he also spoke in regards directly to the governance in the LLC. Um, this was a question from someone on YouTube that was like, you know, Hey, what, how are governing a council, governing council expiries handled? We were talking about that on episode. I can't remember what episode it was, but I was talking about that mechanism and kind of what we could expect. And no, I think it was episode 106 or 105, right at the end of the, the last year. But anyways, um, Rob was asked this question. He dove into the LLC agreement, and he basically says um, a couple things on this just in regards to governing council members expiring, being elected, this and that. Um, four really important points that, that, that Rob Allen said. The first one was the LLC agreement states that at the end of a governing council member's first term, they're automatically nominated for another three-year term automatic a minimum of two-thirds of approval from the governing council members is required to approve this renewal term this automatic remuneration uh, renomination ensures governing council members do not unintentionally lose their position so <clears throat> that answers a lot in regards to like their terms expiring and the second is the agreement considers the situation when the council is fully staffed and there are enterprises eager to join at this point the two-thirds vote for renewal may differ from the current scenario with 10 vacant seats so that's a great point there's a scenario right now where they've got 10 vacant governing council seats the conversation about expiring seats and those types of things and voting to keep people on and from expiring when there's 10 people needed, that's a little different than let's say a full governing council and, and these expirations come up, our governing council member is going to be more or less likely to vote, you know, to free up space. So that's also an interesting dynamic to think about. Third is the agreement includes a four cause removal and termination of interests clause. So if there is just cause, the board can recommend the removal of a governing council member who will then face a retention vote. The retention vote requires a two-thirds majority of the council members to decide on the removal or retention of the member in question. And finally, any governing council member can voluntarily withdraw from the council given 30 days notice. So um, that's never happened, or it's only happened once, Rob Allen said, and it was for the Swiss blockchain council type thing. They had to shut down their network, so there was no point in them being a governing council member. But <clears throat> governing council members can step back. So it's it's kind of funny. In the LLC agreement for Hedera, we talk about, oh, you know, this governing council member is going to leave, or oh, that governing council member is going to leave um, due to their term expiring. Well, in reality, 
Any governing council member could voluntarily withdraw from the council giving 30 days notice, according to the LLC agreement. So that's worth keeping in mind, too. If no one's voluntarily withdrawn, then, you know, pretty unlikely that anyone will leave due to an ex- something expiring. Um, <clears throat> and Shane also shared some insights on a on a uh, HBAR Foundation space. This is our last story of the day, by the way, folks. Um, Shane shared a bunch of insights um, on the... Uh, HBAR Foundation spaces and uh, basically <clears throat> here's what they were. Some of the world's largest asset managers, private equity organizations and banks um, are kind of like aware of Hedera talking to related organizations, those types of things. Shane says some of which have investigated or integrated Hedera, but they weren't even aware of it. So there's also that side to it where what they're seeing is a lot of major organizations investigating or integrating Hedera, <clears throat> testing it out, and they're not aware of it initially. So um, that's exciting. Um, there are some partnerships they're working on. One is Oasis Pro, which is like a... Uh, um, Oasis Pro is the first U.S. regulated alternative exchange platform in the U.S. The ecosystem already has um, ARCAX, uh, which is the only FCA uh, regulated digital asset exchange in the U.K., or one of the only. So this is really interesting. And when you factor in, you know, TOCO with VARA in in the the, uh, UAE, it's really interesting to see Hedera's positioning with their partners and stuff like that. It's like... Hedera is well positioned in relation to, you know, a first U.S. regulated alternative exchange platform in the U.S., uh, one in the U.K. and one in the U.A.E. Um, regulated, right? So that's very, very, very interesting. Um, the foundation also says they're having some level of discussion with the top five financial institutions in the hopes that they will continue to explore tokenization as they warm up to Hedera. So Shane's been really kind of painting a picture of big talks, which I think is exciting to everybody. Um, And they are engaged with IT teams at banks, right? So these teams try every single piece of software. Um, Banks have subscriptions to literally everything. Banks spend all of the money on everything because they want to test it all out. They want to know what the best is. They want to understand everything inside and out. So <clears throat> Hedera is most likely one of those things. And that's why we'll often see headlines of banks testing things on other networks versus Hedera. It's just because they literally test absolutely everything. And, you know, seems the foundation is connected with um, IT teams at banks because those are kind of who make the decisions. So it's good to see. Um, those are some good updates. <clears throat> um, from Shane. Now, uh, I wanted to just quickly say again, just before we start winding things down, um, you know, I have, it's funny, like on my computer screen right now, I'm looking at, you know, my face on my webcam. As I said at the beginning of the show, you know, I'm recording like a video version. A lot of people will, um, you know, be sharing their computer screen. They got their webcam for these types of things, for these types of shows, a lot of people have been curious about if I'll do something like that. So I'm doing that this week for the show as a test. I don't intend really to release it. It's really just, you know, it's just my computer screen and what I'm looking at and my camera just a little in the corner. 
Um, I kind of want to, you know, watch it back myself, kind of see what's going on. Um, I'm trying to figure out a shape for a potential kind of more video components for the show. Um, I'll probably post a clip of this um, maybe tomorrow or this week or something and just kind of feel it out. But I'm growing the show. A big piece of feedback I got about the show is, is video. So that's something I'm, I'm going to be looking at now that we've got audio taken care of. Obviously, um, we're going to be taking a look at at video. But <clears throat> just wanted to like really say again, like huge shout out to you know supporters of the show, people tipping H bar. Literally, it's possible because of contributors of the show. No ads, no sponsors, right? It's you know independent community supported news for the Hedera ecosystem. You know, I just love doing it. Um, and it's the highlight of my week, so I really enjoy it. Um, and I mean, lots of people support the show, um, and they support it just by sending HBAR to a Hedera address. Um, that info is available on hashgraph.news, the new website for the show. Go check it out. Um, you can just send some HBAR. It all, it all adds up, even if it's a tiny amount. I appreciate the fun memos. I read those. Um, and yeah. I think that's really what it's about for me is like community supported um, news that doesn't have ads that's live. I'm going to keep doing it. I really, really enjoy it. I think there's a lot of room to grow for the show. Um, Seeing a lot of growth, especially on podcast platforms and YouTube and stuff um, starting to take off. Um, Now I did ask the question, you know, people's thoughts on HCS 20. I asked the Twitter community or sorry, the X community. Um, I asked people, um, on the uh, listening to the show. And really, I think the overall themes when we talk about HCS 20, it was, it was awesome to have Patches and uh, Hangry on the show to kind of just touch on this. Is like, <clears throat> I think that, you know, from an HBAR perspective, from a, from a Hedera community perspective, the concept of HTS 20 is very strange. You kind of look at it and you go, well, geez, there's so many better ways of doing this on Hedera, right? It doesn't really solve a ton of problems right off the get-go. But at the same time, you look at it and you go, well, well, actually, there's a lot of really interesting things you can do with it, you know? And your brain starts to open up to it and you start to think about things a little differently. And it's very interesting at this point. Um, And you start to go, okay, we can do points now. We don't have to use the token service. We can do points for our NFT project and, you know, not be open up to regulatory scrutiny and different things like that. And so it just gets you thinking. And then you really understand this is a standard that's been developed on Bitcoin and a a bundle of other networks that are already using this. And it's so important, especially on the precipice of a bull market, for Hedera as a community and as a network to be a part of those conversations, right? To be a part of that meta. And by having this, you know, standard on our network, what it means is a door's open right? This is being used a lot on other networks. And it's the one of the number one conversations. This puts Hedera in that conversation. And it's great because on Hedera, it all works so much better, right? HCS 20 is running at, you know, dozens of or hundreds of transactions per second. Just that one little meta protocol. So I think it's great. I think it's cool. I think that the general feedback Though, again, from the community, is just like confusion. They don't really quite get it. Um, and I think that they feel like maybe they're missing out on something when they really aren't. They maybe feel like 
when I say missing out on something, I mean like a traditional NFT drop or a token mint or something. This is, these are like valueless points on the consensus service. I think that, again, like I said, the patches earlier is it's like, you know, the battle of these types of standards and, and initiatives are like not coming up against resistance, but coming up against indifference, you know? So, um, you know, I think that when we look at how this rolled out on other networks on Bitcoin and it's, it's very organic, it's very, um, you know, again, move fast and break things, a lot of confusion, but that kind of excitement, that kind of energy, that's what gets you adoption. That's what drives innovation. It may feel messy at first and it may feel like it doesn't make sense, but you know, really like take some times for the dot, take some time for the dots to connect, play around with it, check it out. The reality is it's happening and it's not just like it's this new thing that popped up on Hedera. This is something that is huge um, on so many other networks that so many people use and could cause an influx of developers to come check out Hedera. So it's cool. Um, and we need something like that. Um, and I think that, you know, the question, the, the responses I got from the community um, were really kind of the same response over and over again, right? It's, hey, I'm interested in this, but I don't get it. Right. So I think my answer to that is just check it out. Um, no harm done. I mean, we have a, there's a Hedera test net too. You can literally do it for free. So um, I would say check it out. Um, keep up. These are the kind of things that move really quick. So if it interests you, if you're curious about it, it's exciting. It's very cool. Um, and like Patches mentioned, there's going to be a Discord opening up soon for people to drop in and check it out. Um, all this stuff is is just staying connected and and having all that feedback and um, and those criticisms and working through issues and you know the idea is you just kind of eventually get to something that's really cool, it's usable and brings value to the community. So, um, huge shout out again, you know, Patches and Hangry for hopping up. That was a great conversation. Um, I would say take a minute now for people listening to the show live. Um, look at who's listening. Um, if you recognize somebody, um, send them a DM, ask them what's new. It's a new year, right? Let's stay in touch. If you see someone listening that you don't recognize, you don't know about their PFP, you don't know who they are, you're both listening to the show, send them a DM. Maybe it's a new connection that you have. Like, let's stay connected. Let's, you know, let's keep it going. Um, and shout out too to like, you know, some frequent listeners here like Tata, Tamara, no Man's Internet, Iron Chief, Celestial Being, Lady H Bar. Um, huge shout out to all everyone tuned in. Appreciate everyone listening right now live. Um, and also to appreciate everyone listening on, you know, YouTube and podcast platforms and, you know, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all those different types of things. Like those are all growing. You know, people are leaving reviews on those platforms. That's a great way to support the show right now is you know, leave comments and subscribe on YouTube and leave reviews on Spotify and Apple and stuff. It's like, those are great free ways to support the show. Um, and I think this episode really, it's like, you know, the title, we are so back. I mean that in all ways. I don't just mean that in like, you know, price going up on different things. I mean that in like development, enthusiasm, excitement, um, and innovation and and confusion and all sorts of different things. It's just there's energy happening. And when there's energy, um, it's often followed by, you know, what we'd all like to see, more green candles. And 
a key area of the energy right now. I'm looking at the Bitcoin charts. We did see a you know a spike back up to 466. Um, I don't know what the news is surrounding the Bitcoin ETFs. I know that there's been a few uh, peripheral approvals in the Chicago um, options exchange and different stuff. No official word from the SEC yet. Um, there's a lot of posts going out um, right now that are a little bit confusing, like that something's been approved or that it's not or whatever it might be. So I'm going to be watching this closely, most likely, uh, well, not to say most likely, but it's highly speculated by many that today will be the day that the Bitcoin spot ETFs are approved by the SEC. And as we talked about at the beginning of the show, you know, the SEC lost control of their Twitter account. They announced the approval of the ETFs. They walked it back. They didn't say anything to state that they aren't approved. They just said, or they did say that, but not to say that they won't be. Anyways, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's very entertaining. I will say that. Lots of good memes to come out of it. Um, Lots of good, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's what it's all about at the end of the day, right, guys? Lots of good memes. That's what we all want. Um, So, yeah. Thanks again to everybody listening, tuning in. Thanks to supporters. Um, again, leave an H bar tip for the show. The info's pinned to the top of the spaces. There's a, 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 you know, a Hedera account you can send it to. Um, and it's on the website, hashgraph.news. This has been episode 108. I can't believe it's episode 108. That's crazy. Of Hashgraph Enthusiasts. We are so back. Um, and again, this is a weekly news show. Uh, I do interviews too. I'm going to be booking some interviews, so stay tuned for those. Those are kind of like separate shows that I do, not on Wednesdays. Um, and yeah, I mean, make sure to tune in for this news though. Every Wednesday noon Eastern 9am Pacific on X spaces every week, right? Wednesdays. That's what's up and it's live. It's great to just have people stop by, uh, for the show and just, you know, the excitement. Like I was like, Oh my God, what if the CTF is approved? <laughs> I'm doing the show. That'd be crazy. Um, and yeah, I think that's really it, uh, for the week guys. Again, hashgraph.news has everything you need. And I think that, you know, going into this year, I think really everyone's mind is like on a bull market. That's, I think, what everyone's expecting. That's, I think, what everyone's feeling. And what impact is that going to have? We're going to have to see. But uh, until then, thanks for listening, everybody. Hello, future. Goodbye, past. Graph Enthusiast Show, hosted by Brandon Davenport. Listen to past episodes and support the show at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. Thanks again so much, everybody. I'm excited for this year. I'm excited for the show. Okay, now <clears throat> I ended the show on Twitter Spaces. Sorry, X Spaces. That's how you do it. Nice, 147 people tuned in. Great. 
And yeah, this is the end of the video thing. I'm still recording the video, but um, I don't know if I'm going to release this. If I do release it, uh, I mean, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, I guess I'll stop this video recording now. This is my first time doing the, uh, the um, you know, video recording stuff. I, I need to pay attention to this monitor more. I'll get the swing of it. If this is good, if people, if people want it, I'll put it out. I don't know what, what'll happen though, but we'll see. Anyways, I guess, uh, peace out. <laughs>